Hello, and welcome to Hell Ain't Complicated, a Supernatural fan cast. Uh, I'm Claire, and with me is Bo. Hey. How's it going? It's good. I just got home from, um, from the hair salon. I got some highlights in my hair, so I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you're gonna have to send me a picture later. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do we need Craig in here? Oh, yeah, I guess I should get Craig. <laughs> get in here, Craig. Just fucking just forgot about Craig. Now recording. Now recording. Hate oh, that bastard. Hate him. <laughs> My D and D character. I finished her story a couple weeks ago, and I'm still just like riding that high. I'm still ah. Oh my god! And we're gonna play D and D tonight, and we're like a fish. Like we've already officially said goodbye to her, but like we're gonna be like leaving her town tonight. And I'm just oh, I'm gonna miss her so much. My baby. I Aww. hope I don't cry because I was crying. The entire day, and then the day after, I was crying so fucking much. Oh my god, I love her so much. Oh my Aww, god. that's so sweet. I'm sorry that you had to say goodbye to her, though. Oh, it's fine. I mean, it's the right time. Everything went perfectly, as expected. She gets to live in her house with multiple queer platonic partners. Like, she's living her, like, cottagecore fucking dream good for fucking her and she doesn't have to deal with saving the world anymore like she fucking deserves this and also i get to play my new character which is this like like old tired sea elf person love that (laughs) yeah with like big old titties tiggle bitties yeah big old male boobs Uh, he got them tiggle bitties hell yes oh my gosh i'm so excited i gotta play dd in like two hours i'm so excited for it nice um not really much in the way of news unless I miss something. Yeah, I, I keep think. checking like all my news, um, all my news sources, and all of them are like, "Yeah, I'm kind of bored of Supernatural, so um, bye." And I'm like, "Oh, no, I needed you. You were my top source, but oh my god, okay." And when the world needed them most, they vanished. Yeah, Godspeed. Thanks for thank you for your service. Here's your purple heart. <laughs> oh man. Um. I did want to do, like, a call-out. So, you know, we're going to finish season three in this episode. Oh, my God. And what I I kind of want to do something special for season four. So if you have, like, thoughts and feelings that you want to share about them, I want you to record yourself and send it to me. I will send, like, a recording of your audio to my email address, which will be in the description. And... I will, like, compile it all together because I just want to get as many people's, like, feelings into this one episode as possible, you know? Oh, I'm so excited. I can't believe we're so close to season four. Ah, and didn't you watch it last night, the the um, season premiere? I did premiere. for, like, the fifth time this year. <laughs> this year? Like, since January? Yeah, just this year. Or, well, I guess in the past year. Okay, okay. I was like, a rolling 12-month situation, not a calendar year situation. Okay. (laughs) I was about to be concerned for you. (laughs) This probably- I've probably seen it one other time this year. Let's be fucking real. I can never stop watching it. It It's so good. It's so good. Oh my god. But we're not- we're not here to talk about it yet. We're almost there. We we got this episode, then we got another Monster of the Week, and then it's that episode. Um, so yeah, let's talk about this week's episodes. So episode 14, Long Distance Call- May uh, 1st, 2008, written by Jeremy Carver, directed by Robert Singer, with Dean and Sam read about a banker committing suicide after receiving a long-distance call. They head to his house to investigate what might have happened. 
Dean and Sam find at the phone company a list of people mysteriously contacted were mysteriously contacted by, by the number SHA-33. When Dean receives a phone call from his father, he believes that the phone call is from hell, and he asks who the demon that holds his contract is. However, Sam finds that they might actually be fighting against a crocata, an evil being that feeds on the soul of its victims. Most important note I had for this episode was when they were busy having their annual Winchester fight at, like, the college campus. There was a hot dog stand. That's literally called Big Dog on Campus. I do love that. That's very good. I did not clock that. <laughs> that was like the number one thing I noticed and the rest I, I was like okay I'm I'm here for this I guess yeah um, I was mostly just waiting for the third one it was a pretty cool uh, concept for an episode um, calls from the dead that it's a very 90s episode oh really yeah very 90s horror like scream it was a very scream episode especially with, like like the reveal being like someone you knew the whole time it's very scream actually yeah, I I would not know, so I did not clock that. I just thought it was a pretty cool, pretty cool concept that the typical, you know, pretends, you know, takes on the voice, the visage of your loved one to call you away to your doom. Like, yeah, that's very, very folklore. <laughs> yeah, and I oh, and so the monster basically was using. <laughs> It used to basically do this from the woods, like, lure people in using the voices of their loved ones. But, like, now it just does it through phone calls and it's, like, adapt, improvise, overcome. Like, I love when they <laughs> do, I love when monsters, like, talk about adapting modernity, like, either in good ways or bad ways. But, like, they actually talk about it and the struggles they've been through to get to that point. I love when they do that. It makes me so happy. Yeah, it's really cool. It really lends to the history and the, like realness of them like oh yeah i've had to change along with the times like the uh like those two old gods who had to um yeah. adapt um in the christmas episode it's kind of the opposite of this he's like actually this is pretty great i like this deal it was a lot harder back then <laughs> yeah oh my god there was a there was a sentence that the creature said at one point that was like this was this episode hits differently now than it did then because there was one point where it's like, you're all so connected, but you've never been more alone. It's like, I fucking damn, this dude knew, gets it. I knew that you would specifically love that one. As soon as he said that, <laughs> I was thinking about you because like, I know, I know you have like a whole like mental essay about loneliness and uh, yes. disconnection from um, community. Oh yeah. I have so many rants about them all the time. <laughs> it drives me insane. And like you said, it definitely hits a little different after the pandemic. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my God. It really does hit worse. I didn't even think about that part. Yeah, not a whole lot. Um, it was kind of cool to see, uh, you know, Sam, you know, get to do his own little thing. Because the brothers don't split up too much. Like, I also, like, part of me was getting real frustrated and mad with Dean. But I was also like, you know he is starting to get pretty frantic because he it's just recently that he's admitted that he's not okay with dying. So I, I, I understand why he acted the way that he did, but man, he was a dick in this episode. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised. It seems like the roles would, would usually be reversed because we were kind of like talking about that in a recent episode about how Sam tends to have more blind faith in stuff, whereas Dean does not he will only believe what he sees and yet in this one he he like knows it's not his dad but he's still gonna like follow through on it anyway and it seems like it should have been reversed but also it's dean and his dad and dean follows his dad on blind faith so 
Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like the main difference and the reason why it worked this time for it to be Dean and not Sam, who's willing to kind of follow these paths and uh, put some faith in um, a solution that's not 100% clear yet is because it's because their dad is involved. It's because because Dean is so so desperate to get that back. Like I'm I'm pretty sure he in the back of his mind knew the whole time that wasn't his dad. Like he didn't really fully oh, trust yeah. it, but he was so desperate for something safe, something that, you know, something to bring him some sense of uh everything's going to be okay. And like to to him, their dad was kind of invulnerable, you know? And yeah. Meanwhile, Sam, on the other hand, has to take that more skeptic tact because his brother's not doing that. Because his brother's the one who normally is the one (laughs) who takes the uh, role of the skeptic. And he's like, okay, wait a second. I have to make sure you don't get yourself killed because you're willing to believe this voice that sounds like our dad. Because, honestly, Dean is going on a lot less than what Sam normally does. Yeah, absolutely. I Yeah, Dean is just, like, sitting there with his, like, cup of coffee, just, like, waiting for phone calls. Where Sam... Yeah, it's interesting, because, like, Sam, in a different circumstance, Sam might have been the one who's like, maybe it is their ghost of their whatever the fucks. But because Dean's life is on the line, it... And then it contrasts with the episode later, uh, the next episode, where he's trying to get... Dean to uh, be immortal even though it's fucking for all the worst reasons and they totally switch in these two episodes. Yeah, like Sam gets to be a little bit selfish as a treat. I think as a treat, Sam gets to be, uh, Sam gets to commit some minor atrocities. Yeah, I kind of like that about season three is the more (laughs) it goes on, the more Sam gets desperate and selfish about keeping his brother alive. Which like, yeah understandable but yeah i didn't really have too much else to say about this episode it was pretty uh pretty straightforward what you would expect maybe not the exact person you thought it was gonna be at the end because they did the kind of like switcheroo like oh it wasn't the the creepy porn guy who lived in the who was like working in the basement but not nothing too outside of the um general uh, supernatural formula when it comes to the monster yeah, it's pretty standard episode for the most part, especially for Jeremy Carver, who does, he does like throw a curveball every once in a while, but this is kind of just like an average episode. Yeah, nothing really special. There was the <laughs> girl who talked like way too old for her age, kind of, and then there was like a vision of her mom and her mom was literally wearing like pearls and like a dress from the 50s. So like, funny. What the fu-? Like she died like a year ago. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like she died in 1955. Yeah, she was a teenager, mm-hmm. I think. And I, th- I, I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. think she was too, you know, she acted too adult or anything necessarily. It's just a very temporally strange episode. Feels like yeah. a 90s horror. The mom is from the 50s. <laughs> and yet the message of the show is extremely 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. God, you are. It's it's a very weird episode. Very anachronistic when you take that um that view of it. Um, I, yeah. I, it also is always nice when Sam connects with somebody. You know. Yeah, this girl. I felt like she 
she just talked like every other woman. If yeah, like. that's true. Like, I really wish they gave people like, especially, especially like the one-off characters. I wish they did a little bit more work to make them feel real, especially if they're going to have a moment with one of the brothers. Like, she was just your generic damsel in distress. Like, okay, no, she's a teenager who's grieving over her mother's loss. Sam very, like, very narrowly gets her to trust him. Like, he he has to kind of, like, I don't think you're great. Like, they could have built something a little bit more. Like, I know it's just one episode, but, like, come on. You could have had something there where at least, like, you know, I just think they really need to do a better job with that because all of, like, all the emotional impact is gone. Yeah, they're just cannon fodder. Exactly. And, like, it it happens with Dean, too, but especially with Sam. Sam will get one person he will spend half of the episode in contact with, and he'll form a connection with them, but their personality is, like, wet cardboard. Like, develop them a little more, like, you know? Yeah. It also gives you, like room to use those characters in the future. Like, Buffy has a lot of times where they have, like, a one-off episode, and then they, like, end up liking that, like, distressed character so much that they end up using them, sometimes even, like, extremely big ways. Like, sometimes they end up being, like, villains and shit, or, like, part of the gang. And it's like, yeah. you guys could have that. You could you could be making these cool characters. Like, they actually made a character out of the phone guy. Granted, he was pretty nasty, <laughs> but, like, he was memorable. He was a character. Yeah, and, like, for her, the least you could do is do the generic, like, snarky teen. But they didn't even do that. They did the generic, like, full-grown woman damsel in distress personality. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. That's it's... even more, like, <laughs> wet cardboard. Yeah, like, would you write a teen boy the same way you would write an adult man? I don't think so. Yeah. Like, the very least that they could do is give her, you know, kind of what they did with Claire and that one other, like, girl who, um, whose father was a hunter or something like that. And she and both of them had more of a relationship with Dean, though. Which is, again, even the one-offs with Dean, they normally give them more personality. That's a really good point. Missed opportunities the show, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, like, he was the main character for the first two, three seasons. Like, what the fuck? Why did they do him so badly? Like, yeah. <laughs> I would love Sam if you guys put a little bit more effort into him. A little bit. Truly. He gets absolutely nothing to work. He just works with cardboard all the time. And Dean gets all the fun shit. I don't get it. It's strange. Um, You ready for trivia? Yeah, let's go. Okay, trivia. Sam and Dean go by the names Detective Campbell and Detective Raimi. This is a nod to director Sam Raimi and actor Bruce Campbell, who grew up together and made the Evil Dead series. Raimi also frequently cast Campbell in his other movies. And also Raimi did, you know, the Spider-Man movies. And the only other trivia I had was Tom Edison did, in fact, invent a spirit phone, which I googled. It was not in the trivia. And I was like, is this real? It is very much real. That doesn't sound like the kind of thing they'd make up. I don't think they'd be smart enough to make that up. That's true. <laughs> I also do love how uh, even that was flipped. Because normally Sam is the one who's bringing, bringing in these, okay, it's a long shot, but look at this crazy thing. But it was Dean this time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the whole script. Yeah, it really, they really flipped it on them. On like who's the believer and who isn't. Huh. That's interesting. 
I love anyway. how that, like, I know, like, they're not the only duo who's a believer and a skeptic, but, like, my, my brain always goes to Scully and Mulder, and I'm like, oh, my God, Dean is Scully. <laughs> Dean oh is my the God, Scully so of right. the group. That's so funny. Very much so. Oh, my gosh. Uh, ready for the next episode? Let's do it. This one's nasty. Uh, episode 15, Time is on My Side. May 8, 2008, written by Sarah Gamble, directed by Charles Beeson. As Dean's day to his death approaches, he and Sam discover Doctor Who, back in 1816, uh, became obsessed with finding the secret of eternal life by taking people's vital organs. Meanwhile, Bobby finds Bella, and after contacting the Winchester brothers, Dean leaves Sam to confront her to, re- to retrieve the cold before his time is up. Another one where the brothers split up. God, they cannot stop. Rufus was introduced. <laughs> yeah! Oh my god, I forgot how funny he is. He's so fucking fun. <laughs> um, and what was I gonna say? There's one other thing I mostly I wanted to say before we started about it. This episode had the same plot as a really nasty episode of Invader Zim. Oh, fun. I can imagine. Oh, oh, I remember. As soon as you announced who the director was, I'm like, okay, that's why this episode is like that. That's why this episode is so <laughs> disgusting. Charles Beeson. <laughs> Uh, I thought that you said Sarah Gamble also. Oh, yeah, yeah, Sarah Gamble. Sarah Gamble wrote it, yeah. She loves getting, like, grody. Uh, Yeah, I guess you're right. I never noticed that. I just, I... Nasty girl. I I can't do gore in general, honestly. So, like, I was playing my, on my Switch, on my Switch handheld while I was watching. So I just kind of, like, put it up so that, like, my Switch was taking up my entire line of sight and blocking out the TV on the scenes where he was cracking people open. Like when he took the guy's heart. Yep, that's fair. I also have moments of this episode. I'm like, ugh, gross, 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 gross. Can't do that. And like Emma had um, just woken up. So she was sitting beside me because I watched all these this morning. And so she was, she was sitting um, beside me on the couch and she was just watching like it was nothing because this bitch is like, one of her favorite shows is Hannibal. And I'm like, okay, yeah, of course you're fine with all this. <laughs> Tell me when it's over. <laughs> That's fair. Um, oh my God. So like the episode starts with Sam and Dean like um, interrogating a demon who just like won't tell them who has his, Dean's contract and shit. And Sam did like started doing the exorcism. He knows it by heart now. And he did it so cocky. He's like, Exist day, Amist day. And there is a moment later. I really like Sam in this one, actually. Because later on, he was, like, so excited about finding this doctor and shit. And he was just, like, telling Dean all these nasty facts while, um... While he's eating a hamburger, he's like, dude, I'm yeah. eating! <laughs> and Sam just keeps going, like, yes, Sam, you get me. That's me, exactly. <laughs> I was eating my breakfast during this episode. I had a bagel in oh, my God. hand while this was happening and i had to sit it down like i was like no i can't do this (laughs) oh no yeah this is a nasty episode uh let's see let's see let's see episode is nasty bobby is actually doing his job as a dumpster person um i don't know what the fuck they're called he just like picks up wrecked cars that i've never actually seen him do his job i forgot that he pretends to be a normal person sometimes (laughs) he actually has a junkyard that's like functions yeah (laughs) And speaking of, we actually saw Rufus, and I forgot how paranoid he is. I love Rufus. I also forgot how fucking paranoid he is. Like, he's the best, though. He's so great. I think they kind of dropped the paranoia a little bit um, the, the more he's in the episodes, because he's not, like, retired and sitting in his house anymore. He's actually out doing stuff. 
or it's flashbacks to before when he was before he was retired, you know? I'm also just sitting here like, hey, Dean, why did you wait so long to bring out the scotch? Like, you start with the bribe, man. You don't wait till he tells you to go away five times before you bring out your bribe. Yeah, clearly this guy isn't going to fall for your charm. Like, come on. Yeah, you're not that charming. I was about to think Rufus just, like, absolutely read Dean for filth. (laughs) He, like, said that Dean will end up like him someday. I'm like, yep, I can see that. I mean, dude literally lives in a bunker later on. Like, yeah, he kind of is. Yeah. He's like, we don't get happy endings, so you need to get your head out of your ass, bro. Like, okay. I also love how he's like, yeah, I know you're gonna die in a week, so fucking what? I'm like, Rufus! Rufus! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh my god. There's a part later on where Bella is like, either Bella or someone else is like, you're not the cold-blooded type, and it's like, "Mm." give give it a few years, he'll be shooting whoever the fuck he feels like at a any given moment it is ridiculous to be fair this is kind of the start season three is kind of the start of the cold-blooded killer dean winchester yeah especially that's true especially once they get the hand their hands on ruby's knife oh my god yeah like they're already starting to do that shit especially yeah in the next episode like they really do not give a shit about any of the people yeah the b plot well I don't know which one was the B-plot. I guess the Bella was the B-plot. The Benson one, the Doctor one was the A-plot. It's kind of boring. We all know they're not going to actually do it. Because that would be really fucked up if our main characters are like, yeah, we're just going to start stealing organs. Also. Like, okay, Hannibal. Yeah. And also, like, there's still an episode left. (laughs) Yeah. What would they do for that whole episode? (laughs) Yeah. I honestly didn't really get this, this villain anyway, because... They explain that he's immortal and he has some sort of form, like some sort of formula. They don't explain what it is, other than it, it, like the stealing of the organs isn't what keeps him immortal. That's just for upkeep. So there's something else that's keeping him immortal. But then whenever he has something that goes bad, he has to replace it. And it seems like that's less to do with staying alive and more to do with like convenience, which I think is even more fucked up. Like. Like, he could replace his own heart, which was insane. Yeah, like, they stabbed him in the heart, and, like, that's not even, like, his heart giving out isn't enough to kill him. He needs a new one so that, like, his body functions more efficiently, but it'll still function. Like, that's fucked up. Also, why didn't they just, like, chop him into bits? I know! Like, you put him in a refrigerator, chained it up, and buried it in the ground. No, you chop him into bits and you throw the bits around the planet if he's still somehow alive. Like, bury him in, like, different lakes or something. Have some fucking Exodia shit. (laughs) Yeah! I just think that they should have made this episode just Bella and Rufus and not bothered with this at all. Because it was essentially pointless at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah! Also, like, why didn't this dude share any of his medical knowledge with, like, the modern world? Because he's nasty. Because he's a nasty boy. I honestly feel like if he, like, went back to school for for medicine, he would be able to improve his, like, thing anyway. Because he's been using centuries-old medicine this whole time. Like, bro, come on. No one uses maggots anymore. Yeah. Also, just, like... What's the point of being immortal when you're just, like, living this horrible half-life, you know? Exactly! He just lives in a fucking cottage in the middle of nowhere and his entire life is just stealing organs? That sounds so boring. Like, does he at least play bridge with someone or something? (laughs) 
does he have a pin pal? Maybe. Yeah. Like, oh. come on. Yeah, like one of the uh. worst ways to be immortal. Like everyone, like, have you never read a vampire novel, sir? Like you've intentionally done this. You made it worse, though. Yeah. You made it grosser. You brought this on yourself. What a boring guy. Like, what a boring way to be immortal. Exactly. Oh what God. a really boring... Like, that's my biggest problem with this guy. <laughs> not, the, not, the, yeah. not the organ theft. It's how boring he... <laughs> yeah. No portraits of himself that get older or anything. He's just ugly and stupid. No Dracula stuff. No Dorian no Gray style. stuff. No This man has no swag. No drip. No trip. At all. <laughs> Dripless. He is not goaded with the he sauce. He bone dry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> so this is pretty much the end of Bella in this episode. At like the the last like five minutes, they're like, oh yeah, shit, we gotta wrap up Bella because um, the writer's strike only gave us one more episode. So uh, Bella is dead now and she was part of a Demon deal. Uh, okay, bye. Yeah, sure. Bye. Also, also, I just realized this. He's more or less the same thing as the Frankenstein family. Yeah. Which makes me even matter. They did the same thing twice and made it more boring yeah. the second time. Ridiculous. Why are they obsessed with this boring way of to do immortality? Like, you already have interesting immortal creatures. Just go go ham with it. What the fuck? Weird. Just weird. weird. <laughs> um, trivia, or do we have anything else to say? Um, no, I don't really have anything else to say. This guy sucks. He's boring. Um, I feel like it's a little out of character that Sam is like, hey, how about you become immortal and start stealing uh, organs? Like, yeah, it felt really out of character. Because he was like, like, I get him being like, maybe we can do something more with this, but... Like, I feel like it would have been more nuanced than what he was actually saying in the show. I feel like it would have come down to more or less, hey, yeah, we still need to get rid of this guy. This guy's fucking sucks. But maybe Dean would have been more like, hey, we're going to burn all his research. And Sam's like, well, you know, let's maybe not do that. That's a little hasty. Maybe we can use this. Yeah. Also, the idea that becoming immortal automatically would save Dean from going to hell also doesn't make sense because again they didn't know how it worked at the time they didn't necessarily know that like it made you resistant to physical damage they weren't aware of that because i could see that argument for well if the hellhounds attacked me i would survive it so i couldn't go to hell but i don't think at that point that was made clear so why would he be arguing for that and be just becoming immortal prevents your demon deal from being closed also doesn't make sense there are other ways to get your soul to hell <laughs> yeah ah, <laughs> uh, just doesn't make sense oh, i wish this episode was better it had good elements and they're like no we gotta do make the boring part the main focus like okay guys come on yeah. like, i know you're on strike but come on all right trivia when dean finds out that the fingerprints on the first victim are all of a man who has been dead for several years he asks sam what are we dealing with the walking dead he is this is wild. He's making reference not to the popular TV series, but to the comic book because Jared Jensen and Jeffrey Morgan are all fans of the comic book and 
Bella, Laura Cohen, um, she goes on to play a lead role of Maggie Green on The Walking Dead. And so then did Jeffrey, Dean Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, he yeah. plays Negan. He plays Negan. So I just thought that was kind of wild that they like referenced it before it was even a blink in a producer's eye or, you know, a spark in a whatever. To be fair, it was a very, a very popular comic. I guess that's true. I don't, I do not remember hearing about it, but I was like f- five or something. <laughs> you were not five. I know. I don't remember you how old I was. I was in middle school. Five? Holy I was in middle shit. school. This was like, no, what, 2009, 2008? 2008, so I was in high school. Yeah. You would have been in high school. What's your fucking problem? You were just five. <laughs> I, I'm making a point. A very smart um, five-year-old. I am, yes. Uh, this is the first appearance of Rufus Turner, Bobby's former hunting partner, as we know. And Bella Talbot's, ta- bleh, Bella Talbot's name is a combination of Bella Lugosi, the actor who played the original Dracula, and Lawrence Talbot, the original Wolfman. Um, in this episode, she is said to use the alias Mina. Mina is the name of one of the main characters of Dracula, keeping up with Bella's habit of using horror movie icons as aliases. That's cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I thought that was neat. I also, I like how she was intentionally so messy. Like, she was, yes, like, using the same alias twice, making it very, very obvious. And even Dean was like, okay, this is obvious. She's not this messy. She wants me to find her. And then continues to walk into the trap. Yeah. Poor Bella. I'm gonna miss her. She's very fun. She's much more fun than I remembered. I desperately wished that they brought her back as a demon in later seasons. That would have been so cool. You're so fucking right. They could have done that. Like, she's probably too expensive. (laughs) Maybe. Also, to be fair, she didn't have to be played by the same actress. She'd be inhabiting a quote unquote meat suit. (gasps) You're right. I forgot about that, too. Why would she have the same body if she was a demon? I didn't even think about that. Oh my god, they absolutely should have brought Bella back. That is so insane. I can't believe they didn't. Yeah, like, she would have had a reason to, poss- to like, either have a grudge against them or to maybe, like, be kind of like, um, what's his face, uh, Crowley and help them a bit. Like, she would have been a cool character. Honestly, she I would have killed great. to see her and Crowley have one interaction. Oh my god, that would have been fun. Oh, that would have been really fun. Battle of the... Battle of the Brits. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright. Last episode of season three. Let's fucking do it. Uh, episode 16. No Rest for the Wicked. May 15th, 2008. Written by Eric Kripke. Directed by Kim Manners. Dean only has 30 hours left to the end of his one year uh, life deal with the devil. Bob, lo- <laughs> Bob. Bobby locates Lilith in New Harmony, Indiana. And Sam summons Ruby to help them. Ruby tries to teach Sam to use a hidden power, but L- Dean lures Ruby and steals her knife, keeping her trapped under a pentagram. Uh, the Winchester brothers and Bobby head to New Harmony. There, Dean discovers that he has the ability to see demons that are possessing common people. They arrive in a quiet neighborhood where Lilith has possessed a young girl and is terrorizing her family. When Ruby peers out of the blue, they break into the house to destroy Lilith, but they have a big surprise. And Dean dies. Yep. My first note for this is drama, 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 drama. Yeah. Like, the first, like, ten minutes, nothing happened, though. Except the camera was fucking terrible. Did you... Did you... Were, did the camera bug you, too? Because I was, like, getting nauseous watching it. Uh, I, I was only half paying attention. I was mostly listening at that point because nothing was going on. 
That's good. Because when they were talking to Ruby, holy shit, the shaky cam was insane. I could oh, not watch it. this is peak shaky cam era, too. Oh, God, yeah. Everyone loved oh, the shaky cam from, like, I don't know, 2008 to 2012 or something like that. I think we still have some of it. Like, I think... What's his fucking Joss name? Whedon. I think J.J. Abrams likes it. Yeah. One of those two. They really like it. Yeah. J.J. Abrams is the guy. Yeah. Like, everything I've ever learned about any director has been against my will. Oh, truly. Especially, like, Kubrick and those guys. Oh, I know even less yeah, about them. The, okay. Unfortunately, the most um, I know about any director is 90% supernatural directors and, like, 10% superhero movie directors <laughs> because people kept complaining <laughs> yes <laughs> that's all that's of my director knowledge i know some stuff about horror ones i got i actually have like a one or two favorite horror ah, this is besides the point uh, we digress we digress this episode okay so they start out talking to ruby and ruby is trying to convince them hey i'm right i'm trying to help you here as she has been trying to prove over and over and they just don't fucking listen to her because they hate listening to women um <laughs> to be fair to be fair she's also a demon yes. that is true and she does betray them eventually spoilers but like she's trying right now right now she's also just like withholding information and lying for no reason yeah it is really weird her angle just doesn't make any sense her angle never made any sense um, we do have a much funnier female demon, though, in Lilith, played by, like, this little girl. I love this little girl so much. Lilith is so fucked up for that. Like, why did she do that? That was not necessary. She just decided <laughs> to terrorize this family for no goddamn reason. Yeah, I loved it, though. Oh, my God. It was so, like... It was fun. This kid did such a great... It was... Yeah, this was so fun to watch. This kid was loving this and just, like, understood exactly what she was supposed to be doing. She and understood just, the assignment. Oh, absolutely. This kid, she was... You could definitely tell she was having fun being creepy. Yes. Kids love being creepy, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I want to see more of that. Like, it was a nice inversion of, like, you know kid in a horror movie they're supposed to be like really quiet and stoic and just, just something a little bit off with them but instead we get this kid who's like hi mom i just killed my dog because he bugged me anyway can we have cake like ah, i love you yes oh my god <laughs> she was so creepy like there was no reason for lilith to hold this family hostage like what yeah. the fuck lilith? literally just for fun and then when she <laughs> stole ruby's body she still acted kind of childlike until it was time for her to come up and like kiss sam yeah then it got really weird like, what like you are centuries old yet you're acting like a child and then you get an adult body you still act like a child but but you can put that aside to sexually assault your enemy. What? Yeah. Oh, God. I think that the actress should have taken notes from the little girl version of Loth and been more like that. And also not kiss Sam, ew. Like, it was really weird and gross. Like, if they hadn't had her do that, for the most part, like, she was doing pretty okay. Like, yeah, I like this body, too. It's She's all grown up and she's pretty. Like, yeah, I feel like that's how a kid would react if suddenly she was in an adult yes. body. Like, yeah, that makes sense. But then after that, they dropped the little girl act. Like, what was the point of all of it? 
Also, it's kind of weird. Like, I love the little kid angle, and I love that so much, but it's it's not the right demon to use that for, because biblically, Lilith, yeah, she's like the first woman and shit. That doesn't really quite make sense. Also, her whole thing is that, like, well, A, she is supposed to be that biblical Lilith, which is wild, and B... She's like the big boss in hell right now who's angling for the throne. Like, why would she be? Why is she here at all? Yeah, like, A, why is she here? B, why is she a little girl? Like, I feel like that is a mini boss kind of, you know? <laughs> That's middle <laughs> yeah. management level uh, eccentricity. That's not big boss level. Yeah. And she's angling to be the big boss. Yeah, it just, uh, it just doesn't make sense. None it of just, it makes it sense. Doesn't, I like the little kid, but they could have used literally, like, any other demon. And just, like, had it maybe be, like, a recurring demon. It would have been so fun to see, like, this little kid again. Honestly, I think it was really cool and fun if they... But they should have done one of two things. Either they should have really dug their heels in on the little kid angle, or they should have had her then explain what she was in an adult body like god that was really fun it's been a while since i fucked with people like that you know like had her admit that it was a bit she was doing because that's also kind of funny but she's like yes and why did you do this like because it was funny to me like why not yeah that's kind of what i was taking away but yeah ah <sighs> they're so strange they're minds <laughs> regarding like dean's death you know in this episode well this is the episode where bobby says family don't end with but family don't end with blood boy yeah like fucking tell him bobby this is like where like the first instance possibly the first instance of like found family yeah kind of i believe yeah because bobby wasn't introduced until season two and they really didn't do much with um joe and ellen and try to make it kind of found family so this is probably one of the first times when you kind of get the, oh, this is this is their little family here. Oh, but there is when Bobby finds out that Dean made the deal and he like pats him on the face like, why would you do this? And all that. Just It's, it's just all on Bobby. All the found family is stored in the Bobby. He is found family shaped. He's very dad shaped. He's very dad shaped. And I love that. Like that's a dad. so much. I wish we could have seen his reaction to Dean dying as well. Even if he just, like, came into the room after... Like, that would have fucking murdered me. That would have been so fucking rough. Oh, boy. Instead, we just got... We just, like, got Sam's reaction and then cut to Dean being held with hooks and screaming. It was so... It was such, like, a... Such an abrupt cut. Like, Emma and I just started busting out laughing. Like, oh, you know. Yeah. Just in a void, hanging by some hooks, screaming. You know how it is in hell. There's a thunderstorm. (laughs) Like, none of it makes any sense. (laughs) And, like, that torture doesn't look too bad compared to what else he probably has. Like, you're just kind of hanging there. You just got to sit there and think, you know? It's kind of... Sounds kind of (laughs) nice. Other than the, you know, being, you know. Being the, yeah, the chained up part sucks, but you get used to it yeah. after a while. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's so funny. Like, I love how they just show Sam absolutely lose it and mm-hmm. use his, like, demon powers. And then, like, just stops. Like, okay, what was that? <laughs> what was all that yeah. about? And, like, pans over to Dean's dead body. 
Sam's quivering little li- little lip, and he just goes all for it, and then it's immediately yeah. like, ah, Sam, help me. And then as soon as, like, okay, as soon as he came on screen, um, Emma and I just started laughing at Sam's crying face. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but <laughs> Jared is such an ugly crier. And she was yeah. <laughs> just like, Sam crying on JPEG. Like, I don't know why that just sent me. <laughs> Like, oh yes, cry more. <laughs> he just looked so bad and dumb. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, there we have it. Dean's dead. He's in hell. There's only one way he, that he's going to get out of there. And we shall see what happens. Hey. Let us go to trivia. Wow, I have a lot of trivia. Wow, I have. why do I have so much trivia? Why is there wow. so much trivia in this episode? Nothing fucking happened. I know, right? <laughs> Um, okay, well, this one's kind of obvious. Due to the U.S. Writers Guild strike in 2007 to 2008, um, season three was short to 16 episodes. All of the seasons had 22 or 23 episodes, with the exception of season 14 and 15, which both end with uh, episode 20. Um, this one may be happy. The drawing of the Hellhounds in the book is Cerberus by Todd Lockwood, who is famous for his art in Dungeons and Dragons books and Magic the Gathering cards. Oh my god, really? Love that. That made me really happy. I got really excited for that. <laughs> um, Lilith is in the Jewish Apocrypha. According to the stories, Lilith was Adam's first wife, first story of creation in Genesis, who was created alongside Adam. She refused to obey Adam and was cast out of the garden. In some ways, Lilith is the first demon, a human who goes to hell. Up till this point, all of hell's other inhabitants were fallen angels. We actually, do we ever see a demon in the show that was a fallen angel beforehand? No. Yeah, I guess it's just Lucifer. Lucifer huh. is the only angel that, like, works for, um, works for he- hell now because he runs hell. Because they didn't take the, like, de- like fallen angels or demons tact. The only fallen yeah. angels that they show are, like, the ones that either, um, you know, just decided to live on Earth and, and left. Um, there's, uh, what's her name? Fuck, what is her name? Anna. And then there's the ones that, like, kind of fell during um, the season eight finale. Yeah, and they all just fell to Earth, too. Yeah, all the angels just fall to Earth. They don't fall to hell. Huh. Uh, like, that that's how the lore in Supernatural works, and I just think that is a missed opportunity. Because with, like, the whole, the whole Knights of Hell thing, those were supposed to be the first demons that Lucifer made himself. So the very first demons are all human souls. Hmm, I feel like that's a missed opportunity, but mm, this is supernatural. Yeah. Um, Jensen Ackles described the shooting of the final scene of Dean and Hell. Um, it was miserable. I spent about four hours in prosthetics because all those hooks and pieces through the wrists and cuffs and everything. And once I was done, I walked on stage and they hooked me up. Cuffs around both wrists and both ankles and then just a belt harness around my waist. So I was wired up with five different wires. Five guys wrenched me up about 13 feet in the air. I had so much fake blood all over me. The harness slipped and the buckle was piercing into my hip. I'm hanging there. Barbecue sauce on my my titties. titties. All my weight weight on this one buckle digging into my hip. And I hung there for what felt like ages. And it got so bad that tears were rolling down my face. And I was like, let me down. You gotta let me down. It was tough, but it turned out to be a really cool shot. Why did they lift him up so high for such a bad shot? (laughs) Like, I'm so sorry for what he went through. That was not worth it. That shot sucked. There is much better ways to film hell. I'm sorry. It did not age well. That's the main thing. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> and the, the last piece of trivia, this one's really sad. This episode takes place May 1st um, and May 2nd, 2008. So, in fact, Dean dies on Sam's 25th birthday. What? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> so, wait, 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 wait. So, Sam died on his 24th birthday. And then on his 25th so. birthday, his brother Oh, died. no. <laughs> oh, poor thing. Oh, my God. I'm Sam's age. During this episode. Oof. Oh my god. I'm older than both of them. In episode... Oh my so god. Wild. In season four, I'm Sam's age. I'm Sam's oh age god. the entire season four. <laughs> Jesus Jeez. Christ. I'm over here with my shitty little barely above minimum wage office job. And he's out here with his girlfriend drinking her blood in motel rooms. We are not the same. <laughs> Oh, man. Don't like thinking about characters' ages, because they, <laughs> I get older and they stay the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any of you of the week? Oh, fuck. Um, come back to me. Uh, mine is actually from, uh, suggested by my friend Devin from my D&D group, uh, because we watched the Winchester movie, because I got really excited. He's like, do you want to watch Winchester with me? I'm like, you mean the, the show? The new show that <laughs> Jensen Ackles is directing? He's like, what? No, the, the, the Winchester horror movie. Like the Winchester house? Yeah, because I'm a dipshit. And I got really excited. So my <laughs> AU of the week is what he suggested, which is a Winchester mansion, Winchester AU with Mary as Sarah Winchester and like the boys growing up in this haunted, fucked up, weird ass house, like running around it. I love that. I thought we had a Winchester mansion AU, but it's, it wasn't the movie. Yeah, nah, eh, mm, I don't think so. Hmm. We've probably mentioned the Winchester Mansion, but yeah, no. So I just thought that'd be interesting. Like, she's, like, in mourning for her husband, and she's just, like, building and building this house, and the brothers are the only ones who, like, have it memorized and shit. I think that'd be really good. I love that, actually. Especially if not even she has it memorized. Yeah. That'd be, like, a good premise for, like, a TV show in general. I'm sure there's a show like that somewhere. That's really cool. Yeah, I love that, actually. Yeah. Do you have your AU? Um, my AU of the week, um, we probably got over this before, but I have been, um, kind of obsessed with Pokemon lately, because I finally got the remake of Diamond, and, um, for my birthday, my, my parents gave me, um, the Arceus Legends game, so I've been playing both of those for the last two months. <laughs> yeah. Because they both tie into each other. Um, so, Pokemon AU... I think that would be fucking great. And um, low-key, I'm planning on having a Pokemon episode at some point. Oh my god, for real? Yeah, just like discussing which Pokemon fits each character. That's great. I Okay, so what we could do then is we can just try to like see what we think their parties would be like. Um, I don't have anything more specific than that. But I do think that it would be really sweet if um, Dean was a Pokemon breeder. Um, and uh, Sam, um, <laughs> this is entirely self-indulgent, but I think he'd be, well, I don't remember what they're called, but the people who do the Pokemon contests versus the Pokemon like trainers who fight, but the ones who do like the kind of the, um, like the beauty pageants. Yeah. I think that's what Sam would do. <laughs> He'd do the Pokemon really shows. Cute. Oh my gosh, that's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> I think Cass would be like one of like the, either the daycare or like, or I guess that is a breed. Wait. Breeder and daycare aren't the same thing. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He and Dean can have a daycare together. And uh, then maybe Cass, like, makes b- those berries on the side. That'd be cute. I think it'd also be, be really cute. funny if, like, you know how um, there are different kinds of Pokemon trainers that you run into and they all have their own titles? Um, yes. The Pokemon collectors, they always have the same exact Pokemon. Sometimes it'll be a party of six and it's always the same exact one. I think that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing that Dean would do. He'd have all, all the same one. He breeds just this one Pokemon. Yeah. It's his favorite <laughs> and he loves it. It's gotta be, um, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name. The 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 one with the skull who misses its mom. Cubone? Cubone. I was gonna say Marowak, Cubone. Fuck you. I think that's what Dean's would be. Fuck you. <laughs> just because you said that, I'm gonna say uh, Buneary. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> just, he just has a little ranch of Beniris, oh, and they so only like him. <laughs> yes, they're actual, they're absolute motherfuckers to anybody else. Yeah, because Beniris, I think they're the only non-legendary Pokemon that starts with a base zero friendship. Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my god, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> they're so mean to. Honestly, actually, that's more in character for Cass. But yeah, 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 yeah. That could be how they start like talking. He pisses off one yeah. of one of Cass's Beniris. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that'd be so cute. Okay, we okay. We gotta save some of it because I want to do a Pokemon of episode eventually. All right. This has been Helling Complicated. You can find us at Helling Podcast on Twitter, Helling Complicated on Tumblr, Facebook. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed this. Uh, I'm Dupless on Tumblr, Dupless27 on Twitter, Dupless everywhere. Do you have any way to be found? Well, what you gotta do is you got to go all the way home. You gotta visit your mom. She's gotta make sure that you're all healed up. And then from there, you have to go to the local lake and, like, wait until you spot a legendary godlike creature. And then you gotta catch it. And then once you catch it, you gotta make a wish. And then once you make that wish, I don't know, I might show up and say, hey. (laughs) Misha Collins, please come on the show. Tell us what your starter Pokemon is going to be for the new Pokemon. It's the Weed Cat. We both know it. You're in (laughs) Bellingham. It's the Weed Cat. (laughs) Have a good day, everybody, and carry on, my wayward kids. Sorry, I don't know directors very well, and I knew that those two were the nerds with J's in their names that people were mad at. (laughs) You're not wrong. I don't know anything about directors, and I get so fucking exhausted when people are like, oh, this director, like, that means anything to me. Like, (laughs) I watch a bunch of video essays, so I pretend that I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) That's fair.